Marvelites. You're listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 431. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Lorraine Sink, human woman, friend to all. You said cumin woman. I'm a cumin woman. I love spice. Yeah. I'm ginger spice. Oh. No, I'm cumin spice. Let's oh. be honest. I'm the sad knockoff sister of ginger spice. <laughs> you can only get it in certain countries. It's great. <laughs> if you are just joining us on This Week in Marvel, we are going to talk about everything that is happening this week. That could be new comics released, news that we're excited about, stuff that's happening with our TV shows, video games, movies, and so much more. Thank you for being here with us. But Ryan, I want to talk about... The end. That's right, Lorraine. We're going to talk about the end. Yeah, the end or a series of comics about the end of things, but we'll get into that more later. Let me tell you, some ends are happy and most ends are sad. Um, <laughs> Let's move on for now because we've got to talk about things that were hyped about this week, comma, including news, colon. Yeah, coming up, not this week, but in a couple of weeks, C2E2, that is the Chicago 2 Expo 2. It's a Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. That's it's two C's, Chi- two E's, boom, boom. Pshaw, pshaw. No, that is the Chicago 2 Expo, too. Okay, Lorraine. <laughs> Thank Fine. you. We're going to be kicking it from February 28th, that's a Friday, through Sunday, March 1st. And we are going to be doing a very special event for this week in Marvel. Friday, February 28th, we're going to be doing our panel, and it's going to be very fun. That's Friday at 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. in room S401. I have been in that room so many times. This is the 11th C2E2, I believe, and I've been doing panels in that room for many of those. This will be my second, which is weird for me that it's that new. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's very exciting. When we say we will be at C2E2 those dates, that is the royal we of Marvel, Mm -hmm. uh, because we're going to have a a booth there like we always do we have tons of panels and fun stuff going on you and i will be there on friday and saturday yep. so if you do want to say hi to us which we would love to see you and say hi and you want to come to the panel all that stuff we will be there on friday and saturday i am hosting another panel on saturday <gasps> afternoon who is she joe casada Oh, that's fair. <laughs> yes. Uh, and we'll also be doing a bunch of stage events and fun stuff. There's going to be full schedules on Marvel.com. But what is our panel going to be about? I'll tell you what our panel is going to be about, Ryan. We have some of the most amazing, exceptional artists and storytellers. We're going to be talking with Scotty Young, who's working on Strange Academy that's kicking off that following Wednesday. It's going to be straight up baller. We're also going to have some other guests that are going to be joining us, but we are going to be talking a lot about the art of Marvel, how it gets done, news stories. Maybe we'll have some news to break. I don't know. We'll find out on the day. I will, of course, always bring some stuff for us to give away to fans. We always like to do that. It is going to be hopefully a participatory panel where we want people who are excited to talk about stuff and throw suggestions for things and ask questions. That always makes us happy. And of course, please, as Ryan said, come find us. Come say hello to us. If you come to the panel, stick around afterwards. We'll chat and take pictures and hang out with anybody. Because Lorraine we're will give $5 to everyone who asks for a photo. I will give $5 to everyone named Billy Bob. Uh, all right. That is on the record. Billy Bob's come out in force. But your name needs to legally be William Robert. 
Okay, and it has to show us your driver's license. Show us your driver's license. I will, I will go give in, you. I will go heavesies in on this with Ooh, you. Ooh, we'll each give you two fifty. Yeah. So get ready for that, Billy Bob's of the world at C two E two. I do want to give a shout out to uh, wrestler MVP. So he came to the Royal Rumble match, which is this big thirty man over the top battle royal. It's one of the most fun things in wrestling every year. He came in full Black Panther inspired gear. He came out throwing up Wakanda forever. It was really great. And he is a huge Marvel Comics fan. He's like big Punisher fan, uh, loves a lot of characters. We also have new downloadable content coming for Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order. And it's all about Doctor Doom. On Nintendo's Twitter, they posted, are you ready to stop Doctor Doom from unleashing cosmic chaos? And they talked about the Shadow of Doom, which is going to have Fantastic Four stuff arriving spring 2020. Just a quick glimpse of the good Doctor, and I'm very excited for him. Yeah, there are also going to be some new costumes coming for Spider-Gwen as Gwenum, Miles Morales, a.k.a. Spider-Man, in cool streetwear, Venom as anti-Venom, and Ms. Marvel in her casual New Jersey streetwear. Yeah. So I'm very excited to uh, check out all that cool stuff. In sad news, unfortunately, uh, we did get word that artist Jason Poland passed away from cancer this week. He had been battling cancer for quite some time, actually. He worked on the Uniqlo collection for Marvel and Uniqlo that was released last fall, and it's amazing. I think I have five pieces from that line that he um, he did a bunch of them. They're beautiful. He Jason actually visited Marvel headquarters when he got the project started back in spring of 2018. He got to talk to a bunch of the editors and the people here. He was just like blown away by it, and we were equally blown away by him. He, he ended up doing two variant covers for Marvel, which for him was a lifelong dream and made him really excited. He was a huge Marvel Comics reader and big Ditko influences, which you can see in his art, not just for Marvel, but just for everything he did. So our condolences go out to Jason's friends and family. All right, let's get back into all the other Marvel stuff happening right now because Lorraine... Marvel Unlimited is getting its own Twitter and Facebook pages. Yeah. If you guys aren't familiar yet with Marvel Unlimited, it's a subscription service that you can sign up for over on marvel.com slash unlimited, which gives you access digitally to thousands, tens of thousands of comics. One comic million books. comics. Slightly less than a million because I don't think we've actually created a million comics. That is correct. But literally tens of thousands of comics. It's incredible. It's where Ryan and I do a lot of our research every single week, looking back into old Marvel stories. It's amazingly affordable for what you get because to buy single issues costs three, four, five, six, seven, eight, twenty thousand dollars, and you get a flat fee, and you can have access to this entire library, which is bananas. Yeah, it's got everything going back from 1939 and Marvel Comics number one to stuff that was released. Six months ago, I know right now hitting Marvel Unlimited, we are into House of X and Powers of Ten. Those are starting to hit. So if you've been waiting for them to check them out, subscribe. You can read every issue as they release. I think this week, House of X, number one. Next week is Powers of Ten, number one, and on and on and on. And what we're doing to celebrate it is throughout the day on Wednesday, February 5th, we're giving fans chances to win five-year-long Marvel Unlimited subscriptions from the new at Marvel Unlimited pages on Twitter and Facebook. So make sure you follow at Marvel Unlimited by February 5th 
for more information. So one of the places where we talk about new comics coming to Marvel Unlimited every week is on Marvel's Pull List, one of the other podcasts we do. In addition to all the classic stuff and the new releases hitting Marvel Unlimited, we talk about all the brand new Marvel comics releasing every week, including our top picks for this week, which were Jessica Jones Blind Spot number two, Hawkeye Freefall number two, Weapon Plus World War Four number one, and Captain Marvel The End number one. <laughs> One of our picks this week, very good. I do want to give a very special shout out to Weapon Plus World War Four number one. It has a story featuring brute force. Which oh yeah, is we were just talking about this yesterday. The greatest thing ever. If you want to read the original brute force, you can read that in Marvel Unlimited. You want to read <laughs> the new brute force, which is so good. This issue is incredible. I, I cannot stress how good this issue is. Or Captain Marvel The End, which we will be talking about very soon. I'm so excited to talk about Captain Marvel The End. And no spoilers, but it's pretty. And I, it's good. I like it. Yeah. Um, you guys should subscribe to Marvel's Pull List wherever you get your podcast, And that includes Pandora. And you can watch video versions with Ryan and Tucker, our favorite boys on Marvel.com. But I think I'm all revved up and ready to talk about Dun, 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 the end. Yeah, that's right, Lorraine. The end is not just your tush. It is a whole series of comics. The end began with 2002's Hulk the End by writer Peter David and artist Dale Keown. This one was, <sighs> yeah, yeah, you're like, <sighs> It's so much. It's, it's a lot of feelings. Yeah, but this one has a really interesting story, which I didn't fully understand until I was starting to put this together. I went and I read the foreword to one of our collections about this. And so in the forward, written by Peter David, he says that editor Bobby Chase reached out to him and said, quote, Marvel was going to be producing a line of books designed to be the final story of various characters produced by creators associated with those characters. And so she said this and she was like, hey, the artist for the book, Dale Keown, is already on board. Do you want to do this? She wanted to see if Peter would write this since, you know, both Dale Keown mm -hmm. And Peter David had had amazing runs, a lot of it together, and it's just, it's a match made in heaven, right? Mm -hmm. But, interestingly enough, Peter was like, hey, I already wrote this. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, which, this one blew me away. Hulk the End was actually adapted from a 12-page prose story written by Peter David from a 1998 short story collection he edited called The Ultimate Hulk. It's like Stan That's Lee wild. and Peter David, The Ultimate Hulk, and it's like a short story collection with a ton of stories. The title of Hulk the End, the comic book, is actually called, the story itself is called The Last Titan, which is the same title for the short story from which it's adapted. Something I had no idea about. That's bonkers. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so The Last Titan actually had an accompanying illustration by legendary artist George Perez, who drawn another, maybe the most famous Hulk dystopian story with Peter David, Future Imperfect. Right. It's sort of like this weird, interesting circle connecting all these things together. Anyway, Peter had told Bobby Chase that he'd done the story that they're already talking about, but it was pro, so he jumped at the opportunity 
to adapt this original story, make it more visual, like add and expand on some things. There's a really interesting scene in the comic book where Bruce Banner is talking to our Rigelian recorder, like the robot. Yeah, he's a little alien robot who goes around recording usually the end of society on different planets. Or there's hundreds of them. So they do all these different, they just like record and report back to people. You remember, listeners, we talked about them in our Iron Man 2020 Mm -hmm. story. So that recorder scene wasn't in the same detail as it was. I don't think it was even in the original pro story at all. So it's just in the comic. But the overall story remains the same. Hulk slash Banner is seemingly the last person alive on Earth. There's a nuclear war that has devastated the entire planet. It is terrible. We see only the parts Hulk can get to, which I found as a very interesting logical point. Bruce Banner in the narration is like, I've traveled as much as I can. He's basically gone up and down North and South America as much as he can, but he's not able to swim across an ocean as right. Hulk, or he might he thinks he might die. So the parts that we see are just pretty much destroyed. Yeah, it is very sad and intense. Yeah, but the big sort of thing that is chasing him at times are these giant irradiated cockroaches. They are horrifying. They, at one point, like, swarm him and just pull him apart. They eat him to the bone, and he just regenerates. And it is horrifying. It is bleak and sad and actually pretty incredible as a story. When it was first released, it was a smash hit. Get it? Smash. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, It sold out super quickly. It's been reprinted a bunch of times. It's actually in a great collection with the Hulk the End story as well as Future Imperfect. So you get... Both of these dystopian tales in one hardcover volume, which if you can find that one, I highly suggest that. But you can read all these on Marvel Unlimited. Now, of course, there are plenty more. Yeah, throughout the decade, there are more The End Stories. Some of them are one-shots. Some of them are limited series. My favorite is Punisher The End by Garth Ennis and art by one of the greatest of all time, in my opinion, Richard Corbin. Corbin is a master of horror comics. He did a ton of work in the 70s for, you know, for Marvel and for a lot of companies. I would say he's a gritty kitty in the city. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, he's, uh, he, he does monsters and grimy and gritty stories so well. And this is the grimiest, grittiest Frank Castle story you're going to read. So in this story, it's not a Marvel Universe story. Again, this is a Max book. It is sort of set in that This is a guy who went to Vietnam, who waged war on criminals. He just did it with guns and and fury, right? Mm -hmm. And so he's been imprisoned in Sing Sing, which is the prison in Ossining, New York. It's been around since the early 1800s. And so he went there for – they finally – the police finally caught him, but it was kind of his plan to get caught. He went into Sing Sing and never stopped punishing people. He was just murdering criminals in the prison. Yeah, he just went straight to the murder buffet and was like, give me more. Yeah, it is wild. So he's in this prison when World War III kicks off, bombs – Across the world, right? Yeah, and, so, and that art also of all of the bombs and like the crazy images of the sky. Like Ryan pulled me aside just to show them to me, but they're so fabulous. The way, yeah, the between Corbin's pencils and the coloring on it, the sky is on fire in a way that is hard to describe until you see it. I mean, the whole book has a really interesting coloring to it because it has like a lot of orange and red, and it feels very nuclear. Yeah, 
Yeah, for sure. So he's one of the only people left alive in the prison, and he and a couple other people go into a fallout shelter to stay safe from the radiation. So a year after the bombs fall, you have Old Man Castle, because at this point he's probably like in his 70s, along with another survivor, bust out of the shelter, and they head to New York City because Castle is like, well, the planet's pretty much toast. I still have one last bit of punishment to do. He wants to go after the people who destroy the world, the people who set off the bombs, the people in charge. So he knows where to go. He's got some information from other prisoners. So it is a dark, just terrible road trip with Punisher and this guy dying from the radiation as they go along, like horrible stuff. By the end, Punisher gets completely unleashed. It is a part commentary on the world. It is all then like wrapped up in some of the most brutal, visceral, just haunting artwork. Thank you. Also, thank you, Garth Ennis. Yeah, man. Garth can write some stuff that'll keep you up at night. Yeah. It's a Max book, as we've said multiple times. No punches pulled. You can't read this on Marvel Unlimited. It's, you should be over 18. Yep. But if you got a couple bucks, can't stress this enough. Go get this book. It's so good. Also on the lighter side, I want to shout out uh, Spider-Girl the End from Earth 982. And that's in the MC2 universe. By Tom DeFalco, Rob Friends, and Sal Buscema, who give a big finale to Spider-Girl and the MC2 universe for a while. Um, It came out in August of 2010, and there have been no The Ends for nearly a decade, but um, this is just a really sweet book about Spider-Girl sort of tying up her time as a masked vigilante. We get to see Spider-Man, a.k.a. Peter Parker, in retirement, as you get to do in the MC2 universe. And it's actually like a really nice, sweet book. It's But it also has some devastating moments in it. Rereading yeah. it again, I was like, you know, so there's like Juggernaut's kid or whoever he is. Oh, who yeah. In the 90s. Or the early 2000s, he wore, uh, a, he was like a grunge kid. So he had the, like, flannel. his flannel tied around his waist and all this stuff. Seeing him in his last moments and other characters, like, fighting against apocalypse, like, the apocalypse, yeah. the end of everything, I was like, oh, these poor babies. But then there's, there is really sweet moments, too. Yeah. I feel like as far as complete devastation of the world and being eaten to death by bugs and then being regenerated, this is a happier story. Much happier. In context of that. Sure. Um, But that came out in August of 2010, and now it's been, uh, you know, some time, a a full decade since we've gotten an end story. Yeah. And thankfully, we have to, uh, to shout out editors Jordan D. White and Chris Robinson because they are shepherding the newest batch of the end comics. They have been in charge of six new The End one-shots that have been released in January and February of this year. And so that's sort of the impetus for why we're talking about this stuff and celebrating all these issues and and these stories. So we brought them on the show. They're going to talk to us about all these comics and especially the new ones if you've not read them. They're all out now except for Captain America, The End, which will be out next week. And that one is wild. It's Eric Larson doing um, a uh, like Jack Kirby riff. Yeah, and I think that they have, uh, as many editors do, really cool insight into the sort of secret process of it all. So yeah. enjoy. Hi, welcome. What's to up, us. guys? Ooh, Hi. Welcome. How are you? That yeah. was weird. Sorry. No, that's great. It's great. Everybody's Everybody. welcome here on Mar- This Week in Marvel. Yeah. yeah. Wait. Say your name, though, so people know which voice is which. Uh, I'm Jordan D. White. 
I'm Chris Robinson. Oh, there they we go. They sound so similar, though. Like the mm-hmm. cadence, the speed <laughs> at which they talk, everything <laughs> is so similar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that's the beginning. Let's talk about bum, 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 the end. Very oh. good, Lorraine. Watch me write a segue. Yeah, you did very well. Uh, you guys edited our newest crop of the end titles. We sure did. Which is pretty cool. Why are we doing the end again? Because... It's just like I thought I, it was we over. saw them come in the catalog, and I was like, "Yes, <laughs> I am such a huge fan of the end." Book, oh, that's awesome! But we hadn't done them in in several years. A very long time. Chris, Chris it was your idea. It was my idea. What inspired uh, it? Like most things at Marvel Comics, the past. I, I remember reading <laughs> them and enjoying them. Uh, you know, now that we're here, we can do them again. And so we picked some new characters and gave it a shot. Well, I will say, hopefully, you didn't read all of them as youngster, because one of them is Punisher: The End. Which oh, is man. definitely a Max book. Yeah, it's and sitting it on is, my desk right now. <laughs> it, it is. It, it is one of, in my opinion, the best comic books Marvel has ever published. I will agree with that. I, I reread it, it today because uh, I couldn't find my personal copy at my house. I think it's just in a box somewhere. So I requested it from our library, and I reread it. And I was like, "This is Richard Corbin at his best. It, it's mm-hmm. Garth doing the best." terrifying end-of-the-world story, the Mm -hmm. best Punisher story. Well, Garth Ennis is also just like, you know you're going to get something crazy, (laughs) like wild and intense. There's a a splash page within the first, like, 15 pages of the book where the Punisher comes out and he's like, the skies on, the clouds are on fire. And it is one of the most beautiful, haunting pages we've put out. And I think, and I think for me anyway, that was like the the gold gold standard. standard. Absolutely. Like, let's, let's, Let's swing for that and see how how, yeah. how far we, we get from it. Um, because, uh, because yeah, what's great about that is it's it's a Punisher story you will never see told in the regular comic ever, but it still captures the essence of the character and, and is a super fitting ending. So I think that's yeah. what we were trying to do. It, it boils down like the perfect essence of the character, which is what all of these end stories should do. It should be the final word, the perfect version of the character. And these, what you guys have done, are, is a little bit different because these are a series of one-shots, but grouped together so it feels almost like a, a whole tapestry. Whereas previously it would be like a one-shot here or a limited series here or a series of six, a three, <laughs> six-issue <laughs> limited series that was at one point an ongoing series. Mm. Uh, like this mm. is, I, I feel like this works really well because when you start to read them in a row, as, as Lorraine, you've read them like you were reading them back to back. You get this interesting sort of wave that you 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 fall you follow. Yeah, I. I'm also interested why you chose the characters you chose from those, because obviously we've seen Hulk and the Marvel Universe end, and we've seen Wolverine and Punisher and Iron Man and X-Men all have their ends, but we have a whole new crop. Why did you choose these guys? Well, the first thing was obviously we we crossed everybody off who we'd already done before. Right. We said we want to do different characters, obviously. And then we just kind of looked at who were the most interesting characters to do, both from, uh, you know, who are people interested in and excited by who, who will sell comics. Sorry to be crass for a moment. But also, what characters like... It's not all art. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> but also, like, there's there was an interesting opportunity to do characters who didn't even exist. Like, that was... Like, Miles didn't yeah. exist at the time. So it was like, oh, well... And that one, that one was, was an interesting one to me when we thought, oh, we should do Miles. Because, again, he is so young. It's so haunting seeing him with a white beard. Yeah. I, the fir- I looked at that cover, and it's Miles with the white beard swinging, and his... 
costume and i was like no miles he's a baby stop aging me like what's happening <laughs> and with a grandpa gut uh we yeah let's why don't we run through yeah. this new crop of the end stories and uh tell us a little bit about you know putting them together the first one of course we talked about was uh miles morales the end number one saladin ahmed and damon scott when you guys are crafting these were you going to creators or were you like just putting a wide swath and saying hey if anybody has a the end story how do you guys cast these no we we went to people so and for different different reasons different one for that one it was pretty obvious that yes uh, saladin obviously writes the current miles series so that was a, an easy connection to see you know what he thought about the end of the the character would be and for art you know damien's a longtime talent that has worked here worked at the other uh distinguished competition and you would not mistake his art for anyone else's he's an amazing amazing guy it turned out really fun. Yeah. Yeah, really fun and touching. And that's the other thing about the end stories is they're such an emotional journey no matter how they end, especially uh, for this next book, Captain Marvel, The End, written by Kelly Thompson with art by Carmen Carnero. I like I love Captain Marvel in general, but getting to see the cover with her binary power and then this is a mild spoiler if you haven't read the book yet, um, but not a major spoiler, but it introduces a bunch of new characters that mm-hmm. are sort of the next generation, some of who are tied to earlier characters. And just, it felt like such an amazing payoff. How do you feel about like creating new characters like that that are so unique for the story? That, that's another one where, you know, Kelly and Carmen at one point were doing this amazing run on the main Captain Marvel series that, uh, you know, reaching out to them and saying, hey, what's where is this all going? What's the what's the last word on the character? You know, I think that speaks to a lot of, of Kelly's run, right? That it's not just about Carol. It's about everyone around Carol. Um, also, you mentioned how beautiful that cover was. And we should mention that uh, Raza did the covers for all six and I think did an amazing job. The, the, the main cover for everyone is just... He, his, his beautiful painted look. That one in particular was really stunning. And he he designed all the the characters, the, their new looks, like the the uh, white beard for Miles and, and his cool jacket, and Carol becoming like this white energy being, like all of that stuff. He went in and established those looks, and he's just an incredible cover artist that I, I jump at the chance to work with at mm-hmm. any point. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't think Raza's done a bad cover for us in the like four or five, however many years been working for us. Yeah, Just incredible stuff. Um, there was Venom the End, which oh. uh, made me walk over to <laughs> your shared office to be like, what? And I love it, but huh? Chris, you were you were great. You gave me a bunch of info and like just talking about the, like the design doc that or the um, the pitch oh. that Adam Warren, the writer, put together, and it is drawn by Chamba, Chamba. Um, and so <laughs> it, it has an Adam Warren feel to it. Yep. in in the art as well. It's, man, it was it's a bonker story. I mean, I, I've been a fan of Adams for decades, literally at this point. And when we were considering who to put on Venom. We thought Venom would be a great character to do, obviously, because he's he's very popular right now. The books are doing great. So it was like, well, Venom is a natural choice, and they didn't do one. But it's tough because what Donnie is doing is so cool and so defining of the character. I, w- I didn't want to do something that was super derivative of what he's doing or anything that would get in the way of what he was doing. But when I thought of, well, hold on, if I go to Adam, Adam will pitch something that is not anything that anyone thinks he will pitch. He will pitch something completely, completely out there. And I, and I think I said to him, like, the only thing I said was, like, 
because it's Venom, like we can do stuff with the aliens, so it do, it doesn't have to be in the near future. It can be in like like the far future. It can, it can go, you know, the, the alien could live for a long time. And he went pretty extreme on that. Trillions yeah. of yeah. years one, in the future. One point eight trillion years into the future. It really is such a packed issue. Mm-hmm. Is it different working with something where you get a script that? Like everything is full of dialogue in a way that I think comics now aren't always. Sure, is there a different way of dealing with that? Adam works in a in a, in a because he is also an artist, uh, and he, again he didn't draw this, but because he is an artist, he tends to write by drawing as well. Mm. So when he turned in the script, what he actually turned in was both the script and rough layouts for the entire book. Wow, and. On top of that, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell this this tale slightly out of school. Not really. The script for this 30 page book is 93 pages. I 100 percent <laughs> believe that. I 100 percent believe that because there's a lot of text in it. There's a lot, and the panel descriptions are incredibly detailed, even with his 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 roughs. So then, when I read it, obviously I would read it while following along with the art. And uh, again, it was just it was just mind blowing. There's a couple of beats in there that like when I was just reading it, I was just like, what? <laughs> but so happy, so happy. I'm I'm really super proud of this book. It's it's so much fun. And like I said, not anything really like what Donnie is doing, but there's all connections there because Adam did the research and he read about what Donnie was doing and he read about what every Venom series ever has done. He's done all of Don <laughs> everything that Donnie has done in terms of research in the last like two years, he did it in a span of weeks. <laughs> put it all into the book, which is why and it, and it include water bears. It did. Uh, water bears. Venomized water bears, which I love. There's some X-Men cameos in oh, yeah. there. There's some uh, uh there, there's a connectivity to the semi-obscure uh, Iron Man series uh hypervelocity, but only if you only if you know it. If you know it, there's the connection is there. Uh, but there's even more. There's even more. Let's talk about Doctor Strange, The End, written oh. by Leah Williams, with art by Felipe Andrade. I also, you guys mentioned some fun cameos. I think, like, such a, no spoilers, but such a sweet cameo there in that book as well. How did the pitch for this come through? What was the original idea? The original idea was I had read What If Magic from last year that was also written by Leah and had a lot of Doctor Strange in it. And I thought her, her voice, her, her handle on Doctor Strange himself was amazing. And the best ideas are, are stolen good ideas, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I took that idea for the whole, the whole team uh, from Annalise uh, Bissa, who we work with, is, sits, sits near us. The, the whole lineup, uh, Leah, Felipe, and Chris, Chris Holleran on, on Colors, and just said, let's put this team together again and do more Strange. And, uh, and the cameo that you're talking about if for whatever reason you haven't read the book yet, this is, a, this is like a big spoiler. Like this, it's it's a fun it's a fun cameo. But are you about to spoil it? Oh, should I? Oh, the way you were setting oh. it up, I thought you were about to. Oh, it's it's magic. It's Ileana Rasputin. He did it. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> but hopefully you skip that if you if you have if you've heard it. But if you heard it, if you've read it, then uh, wasn't that cool? Yeah. <laughs> it was such a good like little kick in the feels. It was really Does nice. it tie to that other story, or one hundred percent? Yeah, I love that stuff. I love that little, you know, like you were talking about the the continuity to hypervelocity. I like, you know, these weird outside you think outside continuity stories, but then tie to other things. It makes the Marvel multiverse feel so cool and 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 complete in a lot of ways. Yeah. 
Um, I also think it's really interesting in these books to explore who is dead when other people are alive. That like shook me up a little bit because in the story we see some other Marvel characters that mm-hmm. haven't made it. They're not alive really so much anymore. Um, no. How do you decide who lives and who dies? <laughs> or do you leave it to your creators to, to go wild? Sure. Well, you know, especially with these projects, a lot of things are left to the creators to, uh, you know, really dig down into whatever, whoever their characters, character was, the, the mission statement, the, uh, you know, the essence that we were talking about earlier. But for this one in particular, the whole concept came from not only is Doctor Strange ending, but like magic is ending. You know, the concept of all this, the, the supernatural world was ending, which is true. Like if Doctor Strange is ending, like the magic is ending, like as a concept, right? So that's that's why you you see a lot of dead magicians from the Marvel universe in it. Yeah. Say goodbye to your friends. <laughs> Lots of dead magicians. It's name my new band. Um, <laughs> but we uh, we also got to talk about Deadpool again, which is really yeah. fun because you're pulling in people who have huge impacts on Deadpool over different times. Yeah. Between Joe Kelly yep. and Mike Hawthorne, yep. both had incredible runs and times on the, the book. And I, I didn't know what I was getting into it as I go into it. And so, and I was telling this to Lorraine, it's you, not just the end, it's the endings. It's yeah. like a clue ending. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Joe, uh, Joe very uh, early on pitched that to me. He was like, I, ha- I, I want to do a bunch of endings. Deadpool should have a lot of different endings. And I was like, absolutely. So, he, yeah, he came up with the thing of like, oh, you didn't like that? Well, here's another one. Here's another one. <laughs> um, and, yeah, there's a lot of crazy ones in there. And it was great to get Mike on that as well because I think um, – I believe he still would hold the record for most pages of Deadpool drawn by any one artist. He, he drew it for quite a long time there. And uh, so the two of them together, like you said, from two different eras but coming together was pretty neat. It looked, it looked really nice. It's so hard to talk about these because you want to talk about the end of right. the issue because it's called the end and that's the point. You're <laughs> like, I want to get to the end. But the ending is like a perfect ending for Deadpool. <laughs> it's just right. Because it's like the only thing that could end Deadpool. <laughs> right. Sure. It's Absolutely. Dancing around it. Uh, definitely go read it. Uh, there's one more book that hasn't come out yet. Oh, which so we should... really can't spoil this yeah, one. Yeah, we, well, I mean, we can. <laughs> uh, this is Captain America, The End. Uh, it's by Eric Larson. Yes. I'm a, a huge fan of Eric Larson's. Uh, he does uh, the book Savage Dragon, which he's been doing for Oh gosh, what is it? Almost uh, thirty, It'll be almost thirty, 30 years. Years yeah. in like a, I think next year. I believe or, so. Or, or 2012, yeah, I think it was ninety-one. I yeah, think I think it's ninety-one. Um, whatever. At any rate, he's been doing it for a very long time, and it's a really fun series that I enjoy reading. And um, I was looking for an excuse to work with him. And when we knew we were doing Captain America, I thought, oh, I know he is a a huge Kirby file. And so I said, would you be interested in Captain America? And he, that was his reaction as well. I, oh, absolutely, and I'll do it in a very Kirby way with his own nods to uh, the Kirby's legacy on the character. And um, it's definitely like a post-apocalyptic Steve Rogers, Captain America tale. Yeah. Uh, you know, as we were going through and reading all of these stories, they're, they're mostly just just soul-destroying, like everything <laughs> is terrible. I read Captain Marvel first, and I was like, I was like, I have to like pull it together because I really had like such an emotional experience. Yeah. Like, and now I'm gonna read five more of these. Yeah, <laughs> and, but, and not just this crop, but even going back yeah. and thinking about the the older yeah. ones. There's also there's like very few happy endings. Do you, the two of you, do you glom towards more of like? The, destruction, the tragic the end. very tragic, or a, oh. like a mix. What do you prefer for yourselves? 
I mean, I think both are good. I mean, well, I, I said that the Punisher one is, I think, one of the best comics we've ever done in the history of Marvel Comics. And that one, spoiler, has a pretty unpleasant ending yeah, in many it, ways. For sure. But that's a, I think part of that, too, comes with the fact that one way or another, this has to be their final story. And by the nature of comic book characters and, and heroes especially, if they're not dead, why would it be their last story? And so there have been a few that find ways to go, well, here's, here's why. But, but I think that's uncommon. Well, I was like reading Hulk the end, and like that one, oh my just God. incredible Dale Kiln yeah. art. But it's so the last, sad. Yeah. The last two, oh like two or three God. panels of that, of just. It's, I read it on the subway again this morning. I was like, "Come on, Peter, <laughs> what are you doing, bro?" It's just like, do you want sadness? How about a scoop of more sadness? <laughs> yeah. Did any Did any of them have unambiguously happy endings? Uh, I'm trying to remember that. The I, Marvel I, Universe, I feel like. <laughs> One. Well, because everything ends up okay, right? <laughs> I recall. I, Iron Man. Weird. Iron Man ends kind of where he's just like, I'm not Iron Man anymore. Uh, this kid who works for me, he's now Iron Man. I'm going to live in space. By and oh, like, yeah. he's with Bethany Cabe, and it's uh, just like, okay. like off on the side on its own. Can I pitch a happy ending for Spider-Man? I'm just I would a like Peter to Parker pitch happy ending? A, a Peter Parker happy ending. It's just 30 pages of him sleeping quietly, going into sleep, just like having a and normal like he, his family's around. Does he around. die in his sleep? Or? Yeah, and, oh, okay. and then it's just okay. It's just like a nice ending for him. Sure. <laughs> I just need more night. <laughs> like, we sort of got a, okay. a Spider-Man the end this this recently oh, yeah, as true. well life through story. Life Story, which I just finished reading the other day, and I love that as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like a Spider-Man the end. Except not, not exactly, but yeah. kind of. I mean, Venom is kind of ambiguously not happy, but like there's like, yeah, no, you're you right. Know, there's, there's like a, a there's a poppy beat to the ending, and you're like, okay, cool. There's <laughs> there's it's, a poppy beat. <laughs> I don't there's know a why, positive there, spin to the there end. There is yeah. a positive spin, and you're like, you know, I don't want to spoil it, but the way it is, I was like, I like that. Anyone who lives a couple trillion years. Get that's a happy ending. That's a success. <laughs> you know, it's a pretty good run. Yeah, yeah. yeah not bad. Chris, what do you what do you say? You like the happy or the sad? Or oh, man, I I would love to read a, a happy one, just because you know, the, like the, like we said, the the ones that we think are the best have pretty sad endings. So it would be like a curveball if you were somehow able to spin a happy ending that felt as affecting as as the the sad ones. I mean, because yeah, again, like the nature of being a hero is tends to be sacrificing for others. Right. So you're going, well, there's a good chance they're going to die at the end to sacrifice for others. Not 100%, but a lot of them. I'm trying to, is there a, is there a really selfish superhero we could do the end for and they end just rich and happy and they're like, yeah, I'm done. Reed Richards. Oh, <laughs> poor Reed. He's like, I'm going to tinker with toys. It's oh. just Enjoy him. Enjoy my golden uh, years. Dying the sides of his hair like <laughs> finally. I'm good. <laughs> I guess we should we should have done like Doom the end where he Doom. where oh, he's yeah. He's happy and he won and he captured everybody and took over everything. The end. And it's and it's all better. Uh, so part of what we're doing on This Week in Marvel the entire year is all about the omniverse and different alternate realities oh. and stuff. And part of why I love the end is because they're just a different kind of what if to me. Mm-hmm. They're just a Absolutely. different kind of alternate reality story. I, I You know, in thinking about these The End books, I was thinking about the last Avenger story, Peter David and Ariel Olivetti, which is cool and horrifying or like you know punisher killing the the original punisher killing the marvel universe story do you two have any favorites in marvel alternate reality stories 
With the hyphen and the number, please. Well, no, while, 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 while I think about that in the back of my head and while Chris thinks about that, I will give you a, the, a fun fact please. about the Marvel multiverse. Yes. Do you know the number of our universe? The universe that you and I are sitting in right now as we speak. Oh, we did look we it up one time. We just looked it up the other week. It's like five numbers. Do you it know is it? not. It's four numbers. Four numbers. Um, it's, it's, it's Earth 1218. And do you know why I know that so easily? <laughs> why? Because my birthday's December 18th, and I numbered our universe. Oh, you son of a <laughs> oh my God. God. Wait, can I tell you, when we were talking about this, we were like, there's got to be some significance to yep. 1218. Oh, no. <laughs> and we were talking about it, and we are like, was it an old address of one of the buildings? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, we started, all right, I was like, no, the, the Madison address is different. It was in uh, it was in the letters pages of uh, New Exiles, I believe. It was one of those situations where the characters answer the email. And so people wrote in about their universe, and I, and I had one of the characters say, it's got to be numbered. And I looked it up, and it wasn't. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm doing this. And so I did it. And now, it, since then, it has been like used elsewhere. So it's not just in the letters page, because that wouldn't be enough to me. But we have a data so count. Yeah, you're just is. living in your reality. Yep. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. Now I feel like the boundaries of reality are really sh- like thin and, and unreliable. Very soft. <laughs> All right. So other than this world, uh, what other great alternate universes are there? Yeah, Um, I I have a big fondness for the 90s What If series, just in general. Like just time, you know, when I was growing up, I read a lot of those books. My favorite issue of that was the one, the What If the Fantastic Four all had the same power, where there were four stories. Mm -hmm. One where they were all fire powers, all stretchy powers, all invisible powers. That one was really fun. Yeah. I enjoyed that one a lot. So that had four great universes in it that we should all revisit. You know, I also was a huge fan of Excalibur when they were jumping from reality to reality. And technically, I guess Otherworld counts as another reality. Sure. Yeah. yeah, it's just, yeah, I don't think there's an, I don't know if there's a numerical designation to it. Although, they're the like, ones who, Saturnine comes from like Earth 9 and like they. The real Saturnine? Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Uh, Probably the. EXE universe. Oh, yeah. Speaking of things that... Uh, From last create, year. There you yeah. go. Uh, where mutant powers have to do with uh, jacking into the internet. It's all very, like, inspired by cyberpunk tropes. And, uh, you know, there, we haven't done too many stories in that universe, but that is super fascinating to me. It must have a number. Do you know? Do you Have you seen it? Or I mean, like, uh, the, again, like like Ryan said, there's a database. So probably somebody gave it a number. You think somebody gave it a number? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I talked to, I started, I've, I've started a dialogue with the <laughs> handbook team and Jeff, who works on the numbering of the system, of the things, like, unless there's a number given, he has a system of creating an, a number for that universe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you don't have the doc, uh, it, Brian Overton sent it to me. I have like, seen it. Yeah. It's been a while since I got it. I'll though. check with Overton. Yeah, it's you should check it out. Shockingly long. It's very <laughs> I love it. We had Greg Pak in here and we were talking about alternate universes and he did Extreme X Men. Yeah. And then in our prep for just talking to him, I just started copying and pasting anytime extreme that Extreme X Men book was in there and I had to stop because there were four pages of just long yeah. descriptions of like this is a dinosaur world where Xavier does this and this is evil Namor over it's like Oh, you mentioned Dinosaur World. They're, yeah, they, they, in Excalibur, they, they have that world where everybody's a dinosaur. And that is, I like that because it's so dumb yeah. and great. Like, dinosaurs never die, but they're still, like, still very distinct species of dinosaur that all intermix as their versions of humans, and they, re- they replace all the exact same heroes. It's like, it's exactly them, <laughs> except they are a species of dinosaur. Why wouldn't that be the case? It's the... <laughs> 
it's you know it's like the series the television series dinosaurs yeah. it's that it is logic like that. it is exactly that probably like tracks too like time wise <laughs> oh i think they came after excalibur did it i'm pretty sure okay i'm pretty sure all right well we could say that the abc sitcom dinosaurs <laughs> stole an idea from marvel comics and leave it at that I'm the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, any last words? Anything you, more you want to say about uh, the end books and, and, and entice people to check them out? I hope this isn't the end of the end. Yeah, Aww. I agree. I think, uh, you know, if people dig them, hopefully we can do more of them in the future. I think uh, we had a great time working on them, mm-hmm. and the creators had a great time uh, putting them together. So uh, read them, don't spoil them, and, uh, you know, go. let's do it. Yeah. Maybe... Every other year, we could get a the end couple of books, and on the other years, we get a couple of what if books, mm. and then we just rotate them, and we get that alternate universe fix, and I just feel real good. <laughs> I like it. It's all about me. I, I'm even, into even it. in your reality that we are currently in, Jordan. Yeah, all about me. It, it belongs to me. Yeah. All right, big thanks to Jordan and Chris for taking time out of their day to come hang out with us and give you guys the hot goss on the end. We are about to get into our community section, but first, of course, our question of the week. And I think it's a fun one because next week we're going to be talking about favorite Avengers alternate reality stories. There's some fun stuff in there. I mean, there's way too many for us to pick and talk about all of them. So we're going to each pick a couple. But we want to know what are your favorite Avengers alternate reality stories? You know, you can pick the MCU if you want, but there's so many comics and so many anything. Yeah, um, you can tweet us your answers using the hashtag This Weekend Marvel, or you could email them to us at twimpodcast at marvel.com, or you could send us a message on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash thisweekinmarvel. There's so many ways to contact us. That's right. Uh, all right. So on our community section for the week, we've got a tweet in here from Megan McCabe at Ms. Megan McCabe. She says, Agent M is going to narrate all of the MODOK episodes, right, Marvel? Question mark, question mark. I mean, look, if they need my dulcet tones to help <laughs> introduce the world to Marvel's MODOK, I am happy to oblige. I did get a fun text from showrunner Jordan Blum last week, which I cannot say anything more about right now. Lorraine, I told you about this. Oh, yeah. Secrets. Uh, yep. Nick at Nick Watching Stuff says, hi, Dan Slot. I would like to have you back on This Week in Marvel for more Ben Grimm impersonations. Have you ever heard the Norm MacDonald sketch about the Fantastic Four? Very funny stuff. Hashtag stretch I don't know what that sketch is, but I'm sure you can get on the Google box and find it. Uh, but anytime Dan Slott can be here is a treasure. Anytime yeah. you could do is Ben Grimm is a double treasure. Yeah, and if you guys want to hear that impression, you should listen to our past episode with Dan Slott talking about Iron Man 2020. He is, of course, the writer of Iron Man 2020, and he has written Fantastic Four and uh, She-Hulk and a lot of wonderful things, and he's great, and listen to it. The end. Goodbye. Yeah. Oh, uh, next week on Marvel Unlimited, Fantastic Four issue number 12 hits MU, which is the big Hulk (gasps) versus Thing fight that Dan wrote, and it is one of my favorite comics from 2019. I have to say that from about there through 15-ish, just all of those, it was like bam, 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 blowing my mind every issue. Heck yeah. And then next up, at Nick Watching Stuff, a.k.a. Nick, says, thanks for the heads up on Superhero Squad, This Week in Marvel Squatties. Um, isn't that an offspring doing the theme song? I used to watch this with my son when he was an infant. I did most of the watching. He danced to the theme song, lol. Um uh- 
It, is it Offspring? No, it's not. So it's this is. I, I wanted to make sure I'd include this because it's not The Offspring. I always thought it was The Offspring because it does sound like Dexter from The Offspring singing, but it is from uh, Pal's Nerf Herder. Or oh, yeah. two. I think it's one or two of the members from Nerf Herder who are huge Marvel fans, huge comic book geeks, huge nerds. They are the best. Of course, Nerf Herder is referenced to Star Wars, but they did the theme song to Superhero Squad Show, which will get in your brain. And never leave. It is so good. Yeah, that show is now streaming on Disney Plus if you have Disney Plus, and it is freaking delightful. Yeah. Uh, I know I, I saw like uh, Simon Williams, one of our listeners, he's like, eh, uh, I, it wasn't for him, but I know a lot of people also love it. So give it a whirl, see if you like it. It's on Disney Plus. It's super cute. Yeah. This episode of This Week in Marvel was produced by Persia Verlin and Zachary Goldberg. Our audio development manager is Brad Barton. Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. And today's episode was brought to you by The End. Thank you for your end support. Love a good end. I'm Lorraine. I'm Ryan. And this is Marvel. Your universe. <laughs>